This is People Every Day. Coming up... Most beautiful? I'm pretending it's most. It's the most. It's like sexiest man. Chrissy Teigen graces the cover of People's The Beautiful Issue and opens up about finding joy again after her painful pregnancy loss. Plus, Jenna Bush Hager on style, motherhood, and memories of life in the White House. It's March 31st. Hi there, beautiful people. Keyword being beautiful. Yes, this is People Every Day presented by Macy's and today is special. It's fittingly Woman Crush Wednesday. Okay, also the last day of Women's History Month. And here we have finally, finally announced who is gracing the cover of our annual The Beautiful Issue that hits stands this week. We'll get into that and her story in a second. But let me tell you, later in the show, I chat with another woman spotlighted in the issue, former first daughter and the Today shows Jenna Bush Hager, who tells me all about the look she loves to rewear from back in the day and how her life and, well, clothing size has changed since becoming a mother of three. So stay tuned. But first, the news is out. Model, chef, author, mom, and more. Chrissy Teigen is the face of this year's The Beautiful Issue, and she is joined on the cover by her equally beautiful kiddos, Luna and Miles. And here with me now is senior West Coast editor Melody Chu to discuss her cover story on Chrissy's emotional journey from grappling with a recent pregnancy loss and an onslaught of online negativity to finding solace in the arms of her husband, John Legend, and how they're raising their kids. So Mel, it's so good to have you on and congrats on a truly beautiful full cover, I have to tell you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Hi, Janine. Hi, hi. How are you? I'm good. Um, That was quite the intro. And she really is all those things, right? (laughs) She is. And more and more. So, okay, first, take us into the moment. What was Chrissy like during this interview? What what was the vibe she was giving off? It was just the dream day. And if, if every workday could be like that shoot day, I think it, it was like heaven. We shot at this beautiful um, estate called the Flamingo Estate. And um, it was actually her idea. She's friends with the owner. And it was just a sprawling, lush, uh, covered in animals and flowers. And and um, you've seen some of the photos. They had a chicken. And so the kids were just so <laughs> excited. Um, and everyone just was so lovely from Chrissy to her mom, Pepper, who um, we also did um, a couple uh, shots with. Um, and the kids were just adorable. They were in the best mood. And I think, like she said, any parent knows it's it's hit or miss with kids, right? <laughs> nice, nice. And I think this is like the first time that we've had, uh, you know, a most beautiful, uh, the beautiful issue cover star in her own right. And then this is not long after Sexiest Man Alive, John Legend, who had that cover in his own right, right? She finds that so special that, yes, her husband, John, um, and you and I did that shoot. Um, and there was yeah. so much fun. And, and we had a blast <laughs> that day, too. But, yeah, she's like, I can't wrap my head around it. Like, we used to live in this small New York apartment. And never did we think that he'd be sexiest man alive. I'd be on the beautiful issue. He'd have an EGOT. <laughs> I would have this. And that. it's just amazing to see what they built. I love it. I love it. So um, so first thing, let's start out at the end because we covered this, um, I guess it was last week. And and the last we heard from her, she was signing off of Twitter, right? Because she she didn't want to deal with the haters anymore. Of course, she became known and, and, and beloved really as the clapback queen for always speaking her mind on there and, and tweeting back at commenters and just, you know, having just smart, quippy things to say. But, but what did you glean from her as to what's shifted like why why she wants to step away from from that 
side of social media. It's interesting because, like you said, she is so beloved for standing up for herself, other people clapping back. But when I talked to her, she said, actually, what's most important to her is putting love and happiness out into the world. Mm. And so I think when she's getting all this hate or negativity on Twitter and she can't foster you know, the environment that she wants to put out herself, it's just not worth it for her. And I asked her, then I was like, have you gotten better with age when it comes to haters and dealing with all of that? She's like, no, if anything, it's gotten even harder. Like she's never going to be one who can not read the comments or not, you know, read all the replies. And, and I think that was, it, it just weighs on her too much. Yeah, for sure. And, and she has been through so much. I mean, it's been, it's been six months since she and husband John Legend revealed they'd lost their unborn baby Jack. And she talks to you about that heartbreak and, and the healing process. So first let's listen in to a little, of what she told you about all that. Honestly, if we were just looking for like real answers, it's a lot of um, outside forces. I think friendships and, and people willing to see that you're not okay or you're not there yet or uh, people willing to hold you or help you out of the bathtub. I mean, there's been times in the past year that, that were unimaginable for me. Um, you know, things that I never thought John would have to see or, you know, but it's also been so beautiful and so wonderful that we have prevailed and still see uh, see each other with so much more love than we could have ever, ever imagined ever in our lives. Wow. Do you feel like she has... I guess you don't ever get over anything like that. But um, but do you feel like she's at least gotten to the other side of the grief or, or is there a sense that she's still grappling with it day by day? I do think it's something she's continuing to heal from. And the sense I get is that she's put in a lot of work in the last six months of her life, whether it's mm. therapy, really digging deep into those feelings um, and not trying to mask it. Like she's been open to, she's, she's been sober for months and it, for her, it wasn't this big moment of, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, you know, driving drunk out in the world. I'm putting people's lives at, it was more of a, I think I'm using it as a bomb to cover some, you know, emotional issues or whatnot. And so it all ties together for her. I think she's trying to get to a space where wellness for her means something entirely different now than it did maybe 10 years ago. And I think losing Jack, she, she's, it's the hardest moment of her life, but she said it was also the most eye-opening. And and when it comes to her support system, of course, Mm -hmm. she's got none other than John Legend (laughs) by her side. I'm just going to say this. He's, he is just a good man. Yeah. Okay. And I do not throw that distinction around. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually says that's part of what makes her love him so much is that she can see that her kids look up to this, like you said, a great man. And she feels confident knowing Miles has this great example of Mm, how mm -hmm. you should be treating women. For sure. I I love the part where she describes this very emotional, almost cinematic moment back when they were dating and she first (laughs) realized that he was the one. So let's just take a listen to this. It was specifically, there was this one definite moment when we had gone um, on a trip to Italy together um, in the first year of our relationship. And um, we both had to go, it was just like a movie. We both had to go to two separate gates to um, for our flights. And he was going somewhere and I was going to Los Angeles. And, and it was one of those things where I couldn't let go. And I just couldn't, 
I remember sobbing and then I think his team was kind of like watching like, oh my God, they, is that really happening over there? Like, is he really like that into this girl? And I just had a really hard time. Uh, I think we separated, we went to our gates and then I ran back and I had to hug him again. It was really like a movie. And um, yeah, it was that, that's when I knew. Wow. Right. <laughs> I know. It just makes you feel more single than ever if you're single, but also like, I Seriously. think, yeah, it, it gives you something to look forward to hopefully, but yeah, they're, they're just so sweet. And it's, I don't know. Don't you always get worried? It's like, okay, but what are they that perfect? Like, is it that mm -hmm, great? Mm -hmm. and, and she's open like, yeah, like, of course we fight and stuff. But at this point, the things they fight about, it's not toxic. And they've supported each other through so, so, so much. Like, don't get jealous of each other's careers. She's like, when I make John proud, that makes me so happy. Uh, mm. When he, you know, I see him making this music that he loves so much, that makes me so happy. Yeah. It's like when the people throw around power couple a lot. Yeah. But like people who make each other better, that yin and that yang, it's like, this is a, a huge example. Um, but an, another thing she touched on uh, was the recent rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Right, Mel? So she, she herself is part Thai. Her mom, Pepper, is Thai. What did she have to say about that experience in the wake of yeah, everything that's so going on? For her, she said she grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. And mm -hmm. for her, it, it wasn't, she didn't face those microaggressions that, you know, a lot of people have talked about. It For, more, for her, it was more like these big moments, like someone, you know, getting mad at her and suddenly even someone you thought was a friend lashes out and is like, go eat a bowl of rice. And she's like, Whoa, where did that come from? Um, mm. and so those were the moments she, she dealt with when she was growing up, but then getting into modeling, obviously it's such a superficial world. Um, and she said, you know, when people needed someone racially ambiguous, they'd call up Chrissy. Um, and so to sort of have your identity erased is what she dealt with. And now, um, with the rise in hate crimes, yeah, she said she, she doesn't worry so much about herself, but her mom, when she looks at her is who she's really worried about when her mom's out driving or walking down the street. Um, she's worried like, Oh, she's looked at as just another terrible Asian driver or that, or, you know, all these, uh, all of these things that are, are put upon the older generation of Asians who are just trying to make a living here. I mean, her mom yeah. has had an incredible backstory herself. She talked a little bit about that. Let, let's listen to what she had to say about her mom's experience and, and what she hopes should be the, the experience of, of immigrants in this country. She is looked at differently by people in a country where, you know, people come, immigrants come and to live the American dream. And that's something that isn't reserved for just us. It's not our birthright that only we get to, that only American born citizens get to achieve this American dream. That's a sick way of thinking. I, there's room for everybody. Um, that's what makes America great is that people come here to live their dream. Speak, Chrissy, speak. <laughs> yeah, she's so passionate about it. And I think that's also what makes us love her so much is that she shows that there is enough room for everyone everywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and just to end things off, I loved what she had to say about what beauty really means to her. So before we listen to that, Mel, what, what made her our top pick this year? Because she, she just is beautiful. So w why was it Chrissy? Her inner beauty, I think anyone who spent maybe even 10 minutes with her, um, all of us who have interviewed her over the years, there's just something about her where you immediately feel at ease with her. She makes mm -hmm. you feel 
like you're her best friend, whether you are or not. We all like to think we are. Um, that she speaks with such honesty and she doesn't hide her insecurities, her imperfections. And you just feel like you know her. And that's that's what makes someone so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and here's what Chrissy had to say about what beauty means to her now at this age. Beauty is is feeling good in your own skin, no matter what skin that is. I mean, no matter where you are, no matter... For me, it is really, really nice to be able to come to an age where I can appreciate every little scar, every little issue I have with my body, and to see my body as something that's done something incredible and done incredible things and miraculous things, and and to see how it bounces back from anything. It's just incredible. So beauty to me is being able to see like how powerful your body is. Well, Mel, this was so, so awesome. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for this story. Thank you for giving me my BFF in my head (laughs) in the pages of people. (laughs) Thank you. Next up, Jenna Bush Hager on the jacket that makes her feel nostalgic and what she once told Obama's daughters before they moved into the White House. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. It's a beautiful time at People. Our annual beautiful issue is upon us. And today I get the pleasure of chatting with former first daughter and co-host of NBC's Today with Hoda and Jenna, Jenna Bush Hager, who's going to dig into her closet and explain the look that she has no problem rewearing time and time again because it just makes her feel that good. You know we all have that go-to, be it the classy LBD little black dress or, or go-to pair of jeans. So Jenna's here to get into that and some of her other fashion and beauty secrets. How are you, Jenna? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good as well. So, okay, first things first, describe the look for me. Who made it? What's it look like? Give me the backstory. I Listen, I wear jeans and this T-shirt almost every day. I wear these shoes all the time. But actually, <laughs> this jacket I've only worn one other time, and it was at um, my dad's inauguration. Um, and so I haven't worn it in almost 20 years. It was designed by Oscar de la Renta, who also designed my wedding dress. He was a beloved man in my life. I loved him. I got to meet him and he gave me some fake flowers to walk down the aisle when I put on my wedding dress. And he designed this when, um, when he was alive as well. And, so I haven't worn it. It's been sitting in an archive somewhere, but I thought that honestly, any clothes that you're going to keep for that many years has to have a special mm-hmm. place. It's like a wedding dress and something you've worn for to a special occasion. Cool, cool, cool. So how does it make you feel 
when you have this look on? Like, what is it that it just brings out of you? Well, it, it's nostalgic, you know? I mean, it, to wear something that you haven't worn in 15 plus years. Um, when I wore it, I was 22 years old, 23 years old. Um, I was um, young and I had the, and I still am young, but I, you know, since then I've had three babies. So even though it's a little depressing that it doesn't fit exactly the same, it's also beautiful because of what I've done since then. These precious people that fill me up any more than, you know, a size two, size four jacket ever could. So it's kind of in there because it was so meaningful to you. But why did you save it? Are you one of those people that saves everything or, or yeah, was I this mean, one a no, special No, I don't keep? save anything. That's the problem. I save nothing. So my choices to wear something that I've worn that meant something had to have been archived by a presidential library. <laughs> this was, <laughs> I haven't saved this. My mom saved it. It's been in an archive in a box in Dallas, Texas, and they sent it to me just for this. So no, I mean, I honestly wow. had like my wedding dress this and some other things that I've worn to more historical events that I've kept because I throw my kids are like, why are you throwing out everything? And that's just <laughs> that's just the way I am. Oh, I wish I had a little bit of that in me. I, so do. I don't know. I mean, maybe we should be a good combo because I, I throw away things <laughs> that I'm sure I wish I will have kept later. Well, this, there's, there's a big you know, gap between when you wore it and, and having it on now. So I was going to ask, like, what does Henry, what does your husband think of the jacket? But well, I mean, I was with him, which is insane that we were together, that we've been dating, now married. Um, we've been married for almost 13 years. So I was he was with me at this moment. We met in 2004. So we met right before. So the fact that he's been in my life as long as this jacket has been um, <laughs> is something that is really remarkable. And the fact that we're still happy um, and crazy about each other and like, have, especially after this last year, um, you know, I think any couple that's made it this long should be proud. And I am of us for sure. Uh, so does he ever weigh in or is it just like, you look great, honey. That's, no, it. He that's all I got for you. He knows not to weigh in. He knows not to weigh in. It was a little weird during... Um, the pan, you know, the lockdown lockdown, because it was just us together with our kids in our house. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, usually you have, I go into work and I have a dressing room and somebody that says like, yeah, that looks good for air. But I was doing the show out of my kitchen with just Henry and the kids. And he was like my stylist. Like, I'd be like, does this look okay? He's like, there's a hole in the front, turn it around to the back. Nobody will know, you know, like, and he was, <laughs> Um, you know, he was, it's interesting how much I relied on him during that time. I think everybody will feel that way. It's like relied on him and also needed to like sneak out to the backyard or into my closet for like 10 minutes of alone time. Just a second. Right. Just, Just give me a, a second. second. That's pantry, me. <laughs> anywhere big enough for me to hide the bathtub. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Okay. <laughs> So that was actually my next question. You know, with the pandemic, you know, a lot of us have been in the leggings and the sweats and all that. But you didn't have as much of that, you know, freedom, right? With the show and everything. I didn't. I mean, we were on the air the entire time, but I was yeah. from my kitchen. So the top up looked like something 
<laughs> that could be on air. And the bottom down, a lot of times I wore leggings. I have to admit, I wore house shoes. Yeah. Like when I had to go back to work in August or when I got to go back to work in August and put on high heels again, it was the strangest yeah. feeling in the entire world because I hadn't worn them in months. Think, thinking back to your time in the White House, um, what was, do you remember the styling and, and, and any change in the fashion and, and what that world was like, the, the look of it all that, that had to be presented? Well, I'm so thankful because my parents never put pressure on Barbara nor I, you know, on either one of us to be anything. Like there's no guidebook to first mm-hmm. daughterhood by any means. And so we just were ourselves. I mean, we didn't have a stylist. I still don't have a stylist. You know, we just wore what we thought was pretty. We wore things that our friends designed, American designers that we loved. Um, Mm -hmm. We also, I was a teacher (laughs) in in DC and Baltimore. So I wore like really teacher clothes. There's this picture that I posted where Barbara and I showed Malia and Sasha around the White House right before they were about to move in. And I'm wearing like this mustard yellow cardigan um, and I wore that. I had like four cardigans <laughs> that sat on the back of my chair in my classroom that I would like switch out with whatever I was wearing because it was always cold mm-hmm. in our classroom. But there was no expectation to look perfect or look any sort of way when it came to, to my family. We just had yeah. fun and we were allowed to be ourselves. And so, like, I think we thought less about the clothes we wore and more about the amazing experience of living history. Nice, nice. And and back to this Oscar de la Renta. Yeah, this is the is fanciest it... thing I've got from then. And it's, <laughs> and it's so beautiful. And I remember loving it. I thought it looked um, kind of boho. It looks so fancy now, frankly. It has, it's beaded and it's... I think it's perfect. I love it. It gives me that whole high-low moment, you know, with the jeans and the t-shirt. But then like, what is this? So I, I love it. Do you, do you plan on passing it down to Mila or yes. Poppy? Yes. I don't know. They're going to have to fight over it. Um, Hal might want to wear it too. It's very rock star. Who knows? But yeah, this is the type of thing that I'm so glad that I have a mom that keeps things because, you know, who knows what would have happened with this. And I definitely think my girls, and especially because I love the man that made it, you know, I think he was such a gentleman and a lovely human being. I'm so happy that they will get to wear this one day, but it's going to go back to the archive until then. I love it. Jenna, thank you so, so much for your time. It was so great having you on the show. It was so fun talking with you. Thank you. That was Jenna Bush Hager. For more on her, Chrissy Teigen, and numerous other beauties, pick up this week's special double issue of People. And now, something to make you smile. We all know how cute wedding flower girls are, but what about a wedding flower man? There's a hilarious TikTok that's going around of a man named Jay, who recently stole the show at his cousin's wedding, two stepping down the aisle as he sprinkled the guests with petals from his fanny pack before the bride makes her appearance, of course. Just listen to how well he was received. I have a feeling flower men are going to be in high demand this wedding season. Have a good one. We'll talk tomorrow. 